And if you have to collaborate and to communicate in this system, therefore you need a lot of social skills that still the human beings, which are in the center, which you have to address with all your informations, that you have those social skills to be able to work in such kind of environments. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Today we have a very special episode. I have two guests on the show and we will have a small panel discussion. So I would like to welcome Ingrid Braas on the show, who is the head of processes and systems at Jungheinrich AG, and Steffen Zaune, who is the VP Central Operations at Jungheinrich. Ingrid, could you give me a small introduction of who you are and what you are doing? Yes, sure, Benjamin, with pleasure. So my name is Ingrid Baas, and I'm the head of process and systems within New Heinrich. Started my career in the oil industry, then I worked and lived also abroad for several years. And the focus was there to manage, among other issues, the implementation of SAP systems, the supply chain, production and logistics. And then I came to Hamburg and to Jung Heinrich. And within Jung Heinrich, I'm actually focusing on operation excellence and shuffler systems with a very strong link to the digital transformation in our factories. This is like in a nutshell. Ingrid, great to have you in the show. And we continue directly with Steffen. Steffen, could you give me a short introduction of who you are and what you are doing? Yes, of course, Benjamin. My name is Steffen Zaune and I'm Vice President Central Operations within the Jung Heinrich Group. I started as a production engineer 25 years ago, and even after 25 years, I'm still fascinated by the tremendous technical progress which we are facing. And also, I'm still driven by the chances which those new technologies offer when we have the task to bring them successfully into use on the shop floor. Ingrid and Steffen, I'm super curious to jump into the discussion with you. Today, we take a look into the current state and the future of manufacturing. We want to understand how innovation and technology can impact the operations of manufacturing companies and how workers can benefit as well. So overall, I want to understand what measures are necessary to make a manufacturing company like Jung Heinrich future-proof. So Steffen, my question, we are observing a tense situation on the labor market. We have a shortage of talent. We have increased use of temporary workers, high expenditure for onboarding and much more. How do you assess the situation for manufacturing companies and for Jung Heinrich in future? Yes, I do fully agree with your question. And yes, it's true. There are shortages on the labor market. And these are one of the main restrictions in industrial productions. As mechanical engineering, industry has a huge demand for both, for the skilled workers in production and for the technicians in the engineering. 
we need an HR strategy with a focus on recruiting, enabling, and also retending the workers. So this is one of our major tasks to bring this HR strategy into life. So one, you already talked about how to solve it. So my question would be, what arguments and means does Jung Heinrich use to attract new frontline workers? And what do you do to retain them and to keep their motivation and their passion high for the company? You talk about that HR initiatives, measures. Are there other things you are doing at Jung Heinrich to accomplish it? Of course. It's not only a question of HR strategy, it's a question of the culture in the company. So first of all, we have the situation that we are active in a highly developing market. So we are offering innovative products which have an excellent reputation in the market. And this, of course, helps to be attractive for employees. But we also offer excellent working conditions in our factories. And we have modern production facilities which are equipped with state-of-the-art technologies. And this, it makes for employees, it makes it comfortable and secure and safe when they work in our factories. And also for the white collar employees, we have to offer attractive conditions. And there, for example, we have to offer co-working and cross-functional collaboration organization. So this kind of new work solutions, for example, which makes work attractive for the white collar people. Ingrid, how is your perspective on that? How can digitalization and new technologies help to bring new workers on board and help to keep them on board, actually? Yeah, we have a lot of new technology activities and strategies, and this is what is the aim for us. Slightly different use for white color of also blue color workers and the importance of technology and system is streamlining in general and optimizing our operations in order to enhance productivity in every kind. For it, just let me give an example. In the field of engineering, white color workers use technology and systems for the design of our products and simulation. And for example, within sales, supply chain or operations, we more use technology and systems to support our work processes, to improve a lean organization, to access, of course, any information needed. And very important at the moment to execute a project management and a very yeah, broad communication. And within the shop floor, the blue color workers use technology and systems also for material handling equipment, for example. And above all, of course, it's used for ensuring the quality and the safety during the complete production process. So we have in every area within Jung Heinrich, we start with new technologies and use it in a different way. Talking about the difference between white color and blue color, do you have different strategies of how to digitalize or how to help them with digital tools? Or is it the same digitalization strategy for white color and blue color workers? It's slightly different, of course, because the aim is another one. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's combined within our strategy um, activities. And we focus on the target group every time and bring it in a common concept for the company. And would you say the digitalization level is on the same level? Or is it like blue color, for example, is a little bit lagging behind? And we tend to focus very much on white color in the last decade, but forgot about the new technologies and innovation factors which we can bring in for the blue colors as well. Well, it's a good question, Benjamin. It depends on the business purpose, I think. And while Jung Heinrich is permanently working to get, for example, a paperless environment, 
by complete replacement by systems or technologies is a work in progress. And above all, the business value or the, the business purpose is important. And of course, we try to make a part of our sustainability efforts and our commitment to promote also a friendly work environment. So just like one example, because you asked for the difference in the shop floor and in the office area, a huge milestone for the shop floor is the implementation of a manufacturing execution system. It provides any necessary information on the shop floor, such as, for example, work instructions or control plans. And with this goal, the implementation is increasing process quality significantly. And we have it in every area. And above all, the business purpose is, is the key factor for developing any technology. Stefan, on the one hand side, we can talk about the workers, the blue color and the white color workers. But on the other hand side, there is a permanent or frequently increase of automation in the factory as well. What is your opinion on how will the ratio between automation and manual workforce develop in the future? Of course, automation will increase significantly in the future. And there are two drivers, I think. It's one is the digitalization so that automated processes can be established more easily. For example, by low-code programming, which helps a lot to establish and to adapt automated processes on the shop floor. So this will be a driver for significant increase of automation. And when you look at the workforce, of course, we need some different skills in the workforce. And maybe we need a smaller workforce, but still we need it because we have to enable and to run our facilities. And therefore, it's very, very crucial that we have those skilled workers and which are able to maintain and to drive all the processes in the factories. And maybe there's one additional factor because we have highly individualized products in our factories. We are producing in our factories and they are individualized to the needs of the customers. And so there we have small lot sizes and we have this kind of simultaneous engineering for the production process. And therefore, it also needs human work because human work is able to be adapted very quickly to the customer needs and much quicker than automated process which probably needs to be programmed and needs to be secured before he can run automatically. Ingrid, there's a lot of innovation happening in the automation space in the factory and in the space of worker empowerment. You named, for example, digital work instructions, MES, and so on. How do you keep track of the numerous innovations, technologies, and software providers which are coming up rapidly And how do you decide what is the right and important one for Jung Heinrich? Yeah, that's also for us, Benjamin, a very important issue. And Jung Heinrich has a dedicated team responsible for monitoring and evaluating these latest innovations, technologies, and of course, also software providers. As you told, it's really a growing market. And this team is continuously conducting research and stays up to date with the latest developments in the field of material handling and warehouse solutions, an area that is interesting for us at the company. And additionally, because it's a very important issue for us, Jung Reinrich also collaborates with startups, technology partners, and industrial experts to stay ahead of the curve and ensure also that we are using the best available solutions for our business area. And just for an example, among other things, We are therefore committed so-called high-tech Gründerfonds. I don't know how it's called in English, but this is an investment fund 
which finances startups in industrial and digital techniques in chemical and life science areas. So we are there very close to the market to catch every new idea and every possible solution or startup that would be interesting for us with the new Heinrich. When you talk about an innovation team, does it mean your innovation approach is somehow centralized? Because I would come up with an example where somebody, one of your workers in one plant has an idea or he found a great software, for example. Does he have the opportunity, he or she, to bring that idea to somebody? Because that could be probably a disadvantage of some centralized innovation approach. Yeah, it's only referring to the organization and this central team also is communicating around the company. So we have a great exchange with this team and it's not only that it's closed in some headquarters, no, it's the other way around that we get in contact with all the ideas. We have above all a so-called idea management that also deals with small ideas. And then every time it's valued for a bigger issue, for an issue also containing innovations or a special technology, we get in contact and it's not a closed team or issue. It's very open and we use it just to get the collective ideas and to have a big pool, let's call it like this, that we use also the ideas of our own employees because everybody gets in his normal business or in his private life has a lot of new technologies and so it's great to combine them for our business purpose if there's any interesting issue for us. Stefan, I could imagine different sites, different plants are on different innovation and technology levels. How do we ensure that knowledge about technology, about innovation, for example, but probably even operational knowledge, so the expertise of the employees, the output, for example, from different quality checks, how is that information and that knowledge being shared across different sites? Maybe first of all, we have to stay in the plant because there we have a stringent communication concept. It runs top down and also bottom up. So every day we have those regular meetings where we share informations, where we have to space to discuss problems and also where we have space, for example, to discuss new ideas or to bring up these innovative ideas, which you have been talking with Ingrid about some minutes ago. So this is what we are doing on a regular basis. But then if we are leaving certain plants or certain departments, we are fostering collaborative atmosphere and we are trying really to work cross-functional and free of hierarchy in our projects and in our continuous improvement processes. So there, for example, when we establish teams, We are always looking that we are not combining people only from one department or from one plant, but also having this kind of collaboration between the plants and also over all hierarchies and functions. So this is how it helps to share information. And then we are also using technology. We have this standardized production procedures, which now in future can be shared via handhelds and monitors throughout the entire production. So, for example, if you have a problem in one area, you can share it with another area because you can monitor it or you can show it and display it on a monitor and share the information, for example, with people on the next workstation. So this is how we are using technology for it. And last but not least, it's very important to have a single point of truth or a single source of truth 
So with using this technology, we also have only one system where we have to feed all the information and from which we can distribute it to the different people so that we can be sure that they are all on the same level of information. So these are the four aspects which we have in mind when it comes to sharing information. Could you give a concrete example how that could look like? On a daily operations perspective, I assume there is some process in one plant. It's, for example, a maintenance process. The team finds out that they can leave out one process step. They can somehow improve that maintenance process. And now the biggest question is how to let other plants, other sites know that there's improvement for that process. You talked about standardized processes and one point of truth. Is software or are digital solutions the only way on how to achieve that one point of truth or how would you do that? Of course, technology and those digitalized technologies will play an important role in that. And as I mentioned, first of all, you need to be sure that the information which you want to share is available for the others in real time. So there it helps if you have one single system, if you have one single point of truth which you have to feed. And secondly, you have to be sure that the information is prepared in a way which is somehow which is common to the people which are working in the factories so therefore it helps if you prepare it in a standardized way and the last aspect probably will be that you have to train the people how to deal with this kind of information so they must know what is the purpose of every single information you share. Because if you just share information without giving the people the information, what they have to do with it and why you offer this information, then you will have, I think, no progress. Because then it's only just like a video. It's on a heavy rotation video on the screen and nobody will watch it. So you must be sure that all the people who receive the information, the recipes, that they know what is the purpose of the information and what they have to do with it. So this third aspect, and this is without, you don't need technology for that. You don't need digitalization, but you need training program, which shows the what, the why, and the how. And if you can transport this to the people, it makes them competent to deal with all this information. And this is, in my opinion, this is crucial, that they are competent to deal with the information. Ingrid, coming from the old world, When processes and information are just on paper, they cannot be shared across sites. Do you already work 100% paperless in your factories? And if not, which kind of measures do you take to achieve a 100% digitalized factory, if this is your goal? As I told before, we are permanently working towards a paperless environment, but a complete replacement of paper is, I don't know if it's goal, it's more it's a work in progress, and there are also We have a lot of possibilities now created also during the pandemic situation. So we had a good step or a good effort. And one important part of our sustainability is a major issue. But we also in the blue color area, I told before that with the implementation of a new system on the shop floor, we will really make a big step before. Also, we made a great effort in the connection with our suppliers via EDI. And another now more for business administration issue is to get everything that has to be affirmed or signed. We do it by an electrical, electronic system for invoicing and everything else. So in every area, we are forwarding and also above all within our sales teams that are now equipped with mobile devices, with a product configurator, 
and we have a lot of tools and possibilities to get a good and really excellent support to our customers. And meanwhile, we are trying to do our best within the company and to get there on a high standard. And it's taking the time, that's normal, but we are really facing this issue and we have good results. And that's important that nobody is concerned if he has to sign something via the screen. That's a normal change management issue, but we are there on a really good way. Stefan already talked about sharing information in the real-time factor. Ingrid, how important is it for you to get more transparency, for example, to get rid of the blind spots which have been there beforehand with paperwork, for example, because you haven't been able to monitor or you to track what is actually happening on the paper? Because you are right now talking about sustainability, for example, and this is, of course, very understandably one value or one benefit from a paperless factory. But which kind of other values or benefits do you see behind that paperless factory approach? Yeah, we see a lot of advantages. For example, we are working now in our factories with two shifts per one day. We normally, within our SAP REP system, we have so-called overnight process. So we can't get the information from shift one or in the morning to the shift on the afternoon. And with the real-time possibility to get the results from the first shift and transform this directly in the shift beginning or starting in the afternoon, it's for us a great advantage because we can react directly And we don't have to take telephone. We don't have to discuss it. We have there the figures we can analyze. If we are, if we have to change the production program and we are more able to, in terms of delivery dates and delivery times, we have more possibilities to react. That's really a big advantage for us. And we also see this. It's a good step within the shop floor to have the information, like uh, Stefan told before, Single point of truth is very important, and so we can use once the data and create different reports from the same data lag, and that's really good. I have to interpret the data. Stefan, if you could look into the future and the shape of Jung Heinrich's production without any restrictions, how would that look like in future? So I would be happy if I could look into the future, but I will try to show my ideas about it and also what we are thinking. Of course, today we are running a production network, but we'll face to have a more strengthened production network in the future and also with a higher vicinity to the respective markets. So we will be closer to our customers. We will have a demand-driven production as we have today, but we also will have a sustainable supply chain, which contributes pretty much to our target of CO2 reduction. We will have an automized but segmented value chain which helps us to have stable processes in the production by once using automation, but on the other hand, having those segments which run independently and which help to stabilize the process because they will not affect each other in such a strong way that if you have one interruption in one process, the whole factory will be stopped. So we have a higher automation, but we are assuring a production flow by these segments. Of course, we will have an interactive shop floor, as we are also establishing today with digitally supported processes, which we have been talking about some minutes before. And we will run the production in flexible production units, which can be adapted to different products very easily by changing all the devices we use in these production units. And we have, that's very important, a lifelong learning program for our employees, 
which helps them to cope with all the challenges and all the demands which come from those highly automized and digitalized processes. And finally, we are offering safe, secure and sustainable working condition to all our employees. And we give them a platform and we give them opportunities to show their contribution to our success. This is what we look like in five years. Ingrid, Jung Heinrich now offers software solutions itself alongside its hardware products. Can you provide some insights into how this line of business has developed over time and what goals you have at Jung Heinrich? Yes, with pleasure, because Jung Heinrich is really offering a complete end-to-end -end solution to our customers. And we recognize the importance of software solutions in the material handling and the warehousing industries in general and have made significant investments in this area. The goal is being a trusted and also reliable end-to-end -end solution provider, offering there a wide range of hardware and software solutions to our customers and also supported by a real world-class service and support. And above all, nowadays, the issue of data security is one of our main targets. So we think by offering both hardware and software solution, Johannes is able to provide a really integrated solution. And we are aiming to cover all aspects of customer options. And perhaps to give you an example, we cooperate with our customers to For example, design, build and deliver a fully integrated and also connected warehouse system. So in one hand, and we also support the customer after the establishment or the building with possibilities of data analytics and controlling or optimizing measures. So this is service from one hand, both hardware and software. Unfortunately, we are already coming to the end of the podcast and we continue to look into the future. Steffen, we already talked about automation, about the workforce at Jung Heinrich, and we already touched a little bit the role of the workers. Again, taking a look into the future, I would like to get your opinion on how the role of the workers will change 10 years from now. How will that look like on a shop floor, for example? How will the workers work in that factory? I think, honestly speaking, it will change tremendously. And it will be characterized by collaboration between those workers and intelligent machines and robots. This will be the daily work business for those workers in future. Today, somehow it's still done in the laboratories or it's coming to the shop floor in small steps. But in future, this will be the daily business that we collaborate with machines and that we interact with intelligent machines and robots. So, but what is the work then for the workers? It's the process supervision, of course. It's the control of all these processes. Those processes have to be set up and also the machines have to be maintained. So this will be the focus of the tasks of the workers in the future. And so for this, they have to be trained and digital expertise has to be developed in the blue color workforce, but also the social skills. Because as you can imagine, It's different if you work within a social system of co-workers or if you work in a, such kind of a mixed system between machines, even intelligent machines and human beings. And if you have to collaborate and to communicate in this system, therefore you need a lot of social skills that still the human beings, which are in the center, which you have to address with all your informations, 
that you have those social skills to be able to work in such kind of environment. So this is maybe one of the most important capability which we have to develop, but still the mechanical expertise will be needed, of course. Ingrid, from a tech enthusiast perspectives, we are living in crazy times. So in the last years, we talked about augmented reality, about virtual reality. Now we talk about AI, machine learning. I would like to know from you which kind of technologies will rise up in the next years to support the future role of the worker. Yes, you're right, Benjamin. And we had a lot of different projects just to prove if all these kind of technology is contributing to our business purpose. And above all, that's what Stefan told before. It's really important to recognize that the role of the blue-collar workers, what are doing the, the value chain or the business purpose, is evolving with the integration of technology. You need another kind of skill set. In the next few years, coming to the point of the technologies, we can expect to see a continued focus on automation, on data analytics for the optimizing processes, and the use of smart machines, of mobile devices. We are now introducing, for example, handhelds to confirm the production orders and to give another example, autonomous forklift, for example, and other equipment can handle and take over the repetitive and physically demanding tasks to give and support to our employees, while workers focus more on more complex operations because machine can't replace our works in total. So this is really, really important that the use of, we call it industrial Internet of Things, And automation will help to improve efficiency and productivity within the value chain every time they are used with thinking before and not only digitalization for the to buy it and not to do what the business purpose of it. Ingrid, Steffen, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thank you, Benjamin. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.